Hi, I'm Tiernan Ray with The Technology Letter. You're listening to The Technology Letter podcast on Sunday, October 30th, 2022. This past week was a good week for stocks, not a great week for earnings reports. The NASDAQ closed 2% up for the week, about 5% for the month almost completed. Uh, Standard & Poor's was even better, up 4% for the week and almost 9% for the month to date. The saving grace was really Apple, which reported results on Thursday that were better than highly cautious expectations. People really expected problems with the iPhone, although revenue for iPhone came in lower than the street was expecting. CEO Tim Cook's remarks about people liking the iPhone 14, is it the Pro and the Pro Max, I think? It's hard to keep you straight. His positive comments, qualitative remarks, really reassured people. So there was a bit of a relief rally. Apple up 6% for the week and about 13% for the month to date. Elsewhere in earnings though, it was a strange story. Uh, in particular on Tuesday, what struck me is Alphabet and Microsoft both reported and they were asked if they could give some indications of the macroeconomic situation given that they're you know, gigantic companies that have been around a while with very seasoned uh, management. Uh, in particular, Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai was asked about what he thought of the current economic climate versus prior economic cycles. And he said, quote, you know, I think compared to the past, I think going through this, I mean, there is, as we have said before, there is more uncertainty as we go through. We definitely see indicators on both sides. So that makes it a bit more unique. I'm not quite sure entirely what he's saying other than it's really hard to say anything at all. Uh, the thing that was most surprising this past week was both Microsoft and Amazon, which reported Thursday, talking about some slowing of consumption in the data center market, in their cloud com computing services, Azure for Microsoft and AWS for Amazon. Uh, I think the important thing to bear in mind is that although users may be slowing, this is still an existential area of investment, meaning Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud, Amazon AWS, these companies have to continue to invest for years into the future uh, for building capacity for, down, for demand down the road. Uh, and they're really dependent on cloud more and more as the core of earnings and revenue growth. So we'll find out more on Monday, uh, tomorrow, October 31st, which is when Arista Networks reports in the evening. Arista counts both Microsoft and Meta as two of their giant customers. And Meta on Wednesday was saying, Mark Zuckerberg was saying, this company's gonna to continue to plow money into data centers. In fact, the outlook for operating expense this coming year, 101 billion at the top end of the range was staggering. And the outlook for free cash flow in the tens of billions was also staggering. And a lot of it's going to building and maintaining data centers. So that should be good for the foreseeable future for Arista, we'll find out on Monday. Other things that happened this week, I had a sit down with a fellow named Noriel Rubini, who is an emeritus professor at NYU. This was a session put together by something called Collective Eye Forecast, which uh, is run by Collective Eye, which is a firm that is uh, developing products to optimize B2B sales. It's a great, great um, session, happens pretty regularly, weekly with all kinds of guest speakers. They get great people uh, and it's a wonderful kind of hour and a half free for all. Uh, Noriel Rubini took up most of the hour and a half. This guy really knows how to talk. Uh, he is pitching a new book that he's uh, published, Mega Threats, 10 Dangerous Trends That Imperil Our Future. And what it struck me was 
um, in his sort of long soliloquies about all the terrible things facing the planet, it sounds like every single thing that you could come up with as a threat to the Earth is equally terrible at the moment. Uh, the threat of nuclear war with Russia's U war in Ukraine, uh, global pandemics, uh, which seem to keep proliferating, uh, the ecological destruction and destruction of animals being linked, uh, the release of ancient bacteria from the melting ice caps, uh, AI as an existential threat to jobs, uh, and massive debt crises. What uh, Rubini is predicting is going to be the, the time bomb of debt and the mother of all debt crises. Quote, zombies, corporates, firms, banks, shadow banks, government, country, household are going to go bust this time around. Uh, in conclusion, Rubini told the audience we may be at the point where eventually Homo sapiens is going to disappear. Uh, uplifting stuff, to be sure. I think that when gigantic epic changes happen, probably the way that they interrelate is important because some aspects of some of them may cancel out some aspects of others. So it, it can't be the case that every single thing is equally a threat in my humble opinion. Also this week, I did an interview with a gentleman named Ido Suzan, who is the CEO of a firm called DriveNets, a six-year-old privately held company near Tel Aviv in Israel. This company is trying to turn Cisco's router market uh, of integrated hardware and software into a pure software market, meaning they sell an operating system to telcos such as AT&T who can then use this operating system to spin up a router the same way you spin up a container, a Docker container in Amazon AWS. So it would be a way to turn routing, which is this obscure, highly guarded affair, mostly dominated by Cisco, into something that would be a commodity event the same way that compute and storage in the cloud now are a commodity event. I think it's, whether it's DriveNets or another company that succeeds here, because Arista owns a competitor, Pluribus, which it acquired, and there are others out there, such as a privately held company called Kaloom. Whichever of these companies kind of cracks the code, it feels like cloud should finally break open what, should, what has been the protected fiefdom of Cisco and this approach of integrated hardware and software. It, it feels like there's really something there. And if that does happen, if network routing goes the way of cloud computing generally, I think the implications could be profound for a kind of highly more flexible and nimble sort of routing of networks. Uh, that's my two cents for the moment. I was also looking this week back at the Great Recession. The Great Recession happened starting in January of 2008 and ending in June of 2009, it's 18 months of recession. It was the longest recession so far since the World War II. And interesting to note, stocks had been up in 2007. In other words, through the end of the prior expansion, stocks had risen about 14% that year 2007. Stocks proceeded to decline most of 2008 and turned in end of November, beginning December of 2008. So stocks anticipated by six months the end of the recession. Now currently this year, we've had a very different picture, right, from what we had in 2007 going into 2008. 
So the year-to-date decline uh, of the S&P 500 is down 18%. Uh, the 12-month decline is down 15%. There's, there's already been quite a bit of decline. We had the first two quarters of this year negative GDP growth. Two quarters back-to-back -back of negative GDP growth, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, does not necessarily make a recession. Uh, the final uh, word on that is the National Bureau of Economic Research, and that is something that they usually vote on, sometimes as late as a year after things have happened. So you always get kind of a decision about a recession way after it's done and gone. But if there's two quarters of GDP decline, which there has been the beginning of this year, and stocks have been down 18%, um, it's quite possible that we've had uh, the slowdown that we're going to have and that we're going to have a bounce in stocks. However, uh, as you well know, there are other factors tied to recession, such as employment. We have very high levels of employment. We do not see the fall off in employment, the, the rise in unemployment that you usually see when things are declared a recession. So it's not clear yet, but it's worth keeping in mind the shape of stocks declining and then recovering in advance of the end of recession. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns, of course. Speaking of which, it's been not as good a, a month for the TL20, the Technology Letter 20 recommended stocks to buy. <clears throat> as of October 28th, stocks have been down for, for the week, they were up 3%, so a little better than NASDAQ, not as good as S&P 500. For the month to date, however, the decline is 3%, 3% decline for the TL20 versus almost 9% for the S&P 500, and the big culprit is Tesla. Tesla has been uh, the thing that has dragged this group of stocks down, and that's because the group of stocks is market cap weighted, and so larger companies, Tesla is the biggest of these companies, it has a disproportionate effect on the overall index. It's about $721 billion in market cap for Tesla, and uh, the past one month change is the worst of all the companies in the TL20 down 14%. Now, interestingly, when I look through all of these companies' uh, valuations that I put together, what I see is that they're close to uh, the valuation that made them attractive when I picked them mid-July. The forward EV to sales ratio, that is, if you divide the enterprise value, which is similar to market cap but takes into account cash and debt, if you divide the enterprise uh, value of these stocks by the projection for the next 12 months sales, that average back in July 15 was 5.52. The EV to sales ratio now going forward is 5.49. So the valuation has gotten cheaper for these names, uh, but some of the best performing ones I see have actually increased in value. So Arista Networks as of Friday's close is the best performing stock in the group followed by Pure Storage. Arista Networks forward EV to sales has increased from 6.9 times back in July to almost eight times, 7.9 times. And Pure Storage has gotten slightly more expensive as well. It has gone from a forward EV to sales of 2.5 to 2.8. So some of these excellent names are not being bid down. They're actually increasing in valuation as they increase in price because the market's been so strong. 
overall, I still think this is an excellent group of stocks that have excellent uh, prospects and that are trading, in some cases, at a five-year discount. I would also note that the free cash flow yield on these names is excellent. The average is almost 5% free cash flow yield. That's the free cash flow divided into the stock price. Uh, so they're giving off almost 5% of uh, real cash profits for every share. That's pretty good. Uh, the highest among those being uh, LAM Research, which is at about 10%. Actually, Qualcomm's up there too, 12%, and Corvo, 13%. So uh, this is still a magical group of stocks, and I expect them to uh, continue to do well coming out of uh, any kind of down, ultimate downturn. But to date, certainly, the market has been rough for them. It's been a total return to date of 13% through Friday from July 15th. That compares to a decline of 4% for the NASDAQ and flat for the S&P 500. So we're waiting for these stocks to bounce back. Moving into this next week, <clears throat> earnings. This will be an interesting week for earnings. We have, uh, as opposed to last week, which was mega cap tech with Apple and Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, Meta, this is a nice mix of companies large and small. Monday, as I said, we'll have Arista, but in the morning, we'll also hear from On Semiconductor, which is a chip company that is in the magical material silicon carbide. This is a chip that can greatly improve the transfer of battery power from the battery pack into the motor. So it's the conversion of alternating current to direct current. I'm sorry, I got that the, way, the other way around. It's direct current to alternating current to drive uh, the motor in an electric vehicle. And this is remaining a very hot market. We're also gonna hear on Monday, not in earnings, but in the analyst day meeting from Wolfspeed. Wolfspeed is a competitor to ON. Wolfspeed has done great this year. They're also uh, selling silicon carbide chips. These are for traction inverters that do that battery conversion. So they'll be at the New York Stock Exchange tomorrow, Monday morning, and I expect to be there as well hearing from management about how they see the market, what their plans are for this year, and uh, probably dealing some skepticism about, uh, you know, is the volume of cars sold going to support the company's plans. We'll also hear from a number of great companies such as Altrix uh, on November 1st, Tuesday, and Advanced Micro Devices on November 1st, and Zoom Info, Dynatrace, Qualys, HubSpot, well, HubSpot is another TL20 company, Amplitude on Wednesday, eBay is another big one on Wednesday, and Roku. Uh, we'll see if Roku can finally sort of come out of the penalty box. That's on uh, Wednesday as well. So a great week for earnings. I would encourage you to tune in and enjoy the, uh, the ups and downs of this group. I think it'll be interesting. Thank you for tuning in today and have a good rest of your Sunday.